Hello and welcome to another episode of the Runner's Shuffled Podcast. This is the third episode of all time in the the everybody's favorite podcast hosted by me, the guy who is all by himself in his basement and just pretty much bored with COVID. And uh, yeah, I just want to rant about things about, I guess, mostly about running and see what happens. So yeah, a big week for running, a big week for me, a big week for the podcast. If if everybody wants to just give a quick round of applause for our listener over in Israel. Really just big thank you for listening. Once again, got a, a small percentage of our viewers from, from Israel. Just going to have to say it was probably one person and whoever you are, Mr. Israel person, Mr. or Mrs. Israel person or just thanks. Really, really appreciate the support. Just want to make a quick, big announcement about this podcast and the future of this podcast. Um, really sorry to let everybody down here, but we are currently uploading at a two-time-per-week frequency, and uh, I'm here to just say that we're probably going to cut that down to one time per week. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just doing it for fun here, and... Uh, so far, it's been pretty easy to upload twice a week. I mean, I've, this is literally the third podcast, so I can't even speak too much about how, how it's going. But yeah, I mean, once a week seems to make the most sense. So for all of you out there who are just every single day of the past two weeks, you are just dying, agony, waiting for another episode of the Runner Shuffled podcast. I really just hate to do it to you, but it's going to be once a week. Uh, maybe Monday, maybe, maybe Monday will be the next episode and then we'll keep doing Mondays. Um, because yeah, maybe the, I could record on Sunday, talk about whatever happened over the weekend for track and field running, whatever. And then Monday will be the day, uh, that the podcast is released to the public and, and the, the wonderful ears of my audience get blessed with my beautiful voice and everybody is really happy. So yeah, that's that's the that's what's going on with that. And I have to admit, so today's Thursday. It's Thursday at 8:20 a.m., Long Island, New York, and I have completely lost track of my days this week. It, I mean, the past two weeks have been very busy for me. I have to say, I'm hustling, working hard, and uh, yeah, I totally forgot what like I didn't know even what day it was at all this week. I was going to record this on Tuesday, and all of a sudden, it was like Wednesday night, and I'm like, oh, oh yeah, it's Wednesday. So, I mean, if that's happening the second week of the podcast, I got to get my priorities straight and make sure that, uh, you know, the Runner Shuffle podcast isn't, isn't, uh, shall live to see another day. Don't want to see it spiral out into, in, in, into a explosion of of misorganization so it is winter it is tough out there and i mean again today i woke up i looked outside and there's more snow on the ground i i'm i i can't say i'm tired of it i can't say i'm sick of it but it just wears on you man when when you're a runner in the winter it's so much harder you know, my my mom, my whole family is like, oh, it's so nice. It's so cozy when it snows. It's so, uh, like, you know, it get the day off or, or whatever. But 
for a runner who's who's doing you know 80 miles a week or so it's uh <laughs> it's just stressful um it wears you out mentally physically you know running on the side of the road you're you're either hoping to not get hit by a car or you're slipping on on snow and ice or or you're jumping over whatever it's just uh it's not a fun time you have to stay in the neighborhoods you can't venture out there's no trails available it's just uh there's no way to make running fun at this point in the year and yeah i mean winter definitely makes tough runners and i i have to admit tough on becoming some of i've run some of the best workouts of my life these past two weeks uh and it's definitely it's 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 exciting to see i have to admit um you know, i'm pretty happy about w- the way things are going just this past sunday i ran probably the best long run of my life it was a 20 mile run under six minute pace and uh the last you know five or six miles were like 540 to 530 pace so really excited about that uh, you know, a couple other good workouts, a really good pro- progression run last week, uh, a really good tempo slash mile repeat run yesterday. Uh, yeah, definitely feeling fit, definitely embracing the winter. Just, uh, I'll be really, really, really happy when it's springtime and I could finally uh, just, just, you know, not I could run on a sidewalk or something. Christ. Ugh. I mean, Sunday I I woke up I woke up I, my alarm was three forty five on Sunday. I had I you know, it was a long long run day, so you wanna I will always like to wake up a little bit earlier for runs like that, or workouts. Uh so I can get a good amount of coffee in me, good amount of food in me and um yeah, so I woke up at three forty five and then I, I drove to the spot that I wanted to run and I started my watch at 5:20 a.m. and <laughs> it sucked. It was definitely uh, uh, there was a snowstorm coming, so to get it in before the snowstorm came and uh, yeah, it was supposed to start snowing at like 7 a.m. at 8 a.m. So I just I just really wanted to be done by the time uh, the snow rolled in and <laughs> had to make some sacrifices there. Honestly, you know I'll backtrack there. It didn't totally suck. It was kind of fun. Those are the days, like, you know, it's hard, but it's, it's like, a fun type of hard. It's like, you know, think of it like you're playing a soccer game. Like, yeah, you're working your ass off, but you're also kind of having fun. It's, you're playing a game. So those are the days that are fun to me. The days that, that I really totally hate, the days that are tough are the days after the 20-mile long run when there's still snow on the ground and it's just terrible out and your legs feel like dog shit and you just – you have to you have to get out the door that those are the days that are hard for me i i would i wish that i could wake up every morning and have the adrenaline required for a, a hard long run and, and just listen to hard, heavy metal music and just rap and and just get really hyped my run but that's just not how it is every day that's that's like a once in a once in a every three weeks type of thing um at least when it comes to long runs so yeah it's uh definitely definitely looking forward to the end of this winter season and just getting back outside and doing other things and with that said big week of track and field behind us we had a lot of things go on uh the american track league the prickly pear invite from bowerman track club and uh 
yeah, some other cool things went down. So let's let's dive right into it. And uh, I think what we're going to do this week to start off is uh, we're going to do a new segment of the podcast, a, a, a weekly segment that we can go back to every every week and look forward to. And without further ado, I would like to introduce the Beef of the Week segment. Basically, what we're going to do is we're going to highlight some things that went down on social media, Twitter, whatever, where people were talking talking smack, talking shit, talking beef, starting things with each other, and uh, yeah, I think I think runners are trying to start more of that lately, and uh, I mean, they're probably trying to bring attention to themselves in the sport, and I'm all ears for it. I'm here for it. I want to see more of it. I want to hear more of it, so without further ado, here is the Beef of the Week segment. <laughs> To start off, we have Nikki Hiltz. Nikki Hiltz posted a tweet saying, I don't have my phone on me, but she said something along the lines of, prove me wrong, steeplechasers have horse girl energy. And quite honestly, I can't disagree with her there. If you look at, uh, yeah, steeplechasers have horse girl energy, prove me wrong. Yeah, I mean, look at Emma Coburn, look at Courtney Frerichs, look at Steeple Squigs. They're all... uh, I mean, the type of girls that you would assume to grow up in a farm, ride horses, and uh, yeah, just take really majestic picture action shots with their horses. So, Nikki Hiltz throwing some throwing some fire there, trying to trying to uh, stir the pot, and I'm I'm all ears for it. Another thing we had is uh, the Everett Schmolders and Sam Parsons fight. Um, you know, it's a very one-sided fight. I can't even say it's a fight at all. It's really just Everett Schmolders talking shit to Sam Parsons. Everett Schmolders is the the uh, the I guess the ringleader at Westfly Athletics. Westfly Athletics is the group of runners from Ole Miss who, yeah, they have a YouTube channel. Uh, where they're just trying to create more content, some controversial content. And, uh, yeah, they basically caught Sam Parsons and Tim Man Elite all the time for being, quote-unquote, betas, and Westfly Athletics calls themselves the Alphas. If you follow the Runners Shuffled Instagram page um, that looks like it's run by a 15-year-old, nope, it's run by me. You could... Uh, we, we, made, we made a meme after the Super Bowl that, you know, there was... Uh, there was that moment during the Super Bowl where what's his face from the Chiefs got up in Tom Brady's face and and pointed his finger in his face. Uh, we we put that as Everett Schmolders pointing his finger in Sam Par- Parsons' face, and uh, yeah, what I realized during this was that you can't tag Sam Parsons. Sam Parsons has his account set up so that you can't tag him in in anything. Unless, unless, uh, unless Sam Parsons is following you. So if you ask me, that's kind of a, it's a questionable move. It's a kind of a cop out, you know, you're building your brand to have all these fans. You want to have all these people involved with Tin Man Elite. Uh, you're very heavily dependent on the clout you have, but you don't even have, you can't even tag, you can't even tag the guy. So I called them both out and like called Everett Schmolders out because he was the only one I could tag. And I said, hey man, what do you think about this? Same part, uh, it <laughs> and Everett Schmolders commented on the post. He said, you know the old saying, you can hide, but you can't run, which I thought was literally the perfect response. Um, 
you know, I mean, it, to be quite honest, Sam Parsons could probably shit on on Everett Schmolders in a race. Everett Schmolders just broke four for the first time, and Sam Parsons is like a 13, 20, 30 guy. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know exactly what he uh, he runs in comparison, but he's definitely better than a four-flat guy at this point, so... But who knows? Maybe get them both on the line. Everett Schmolder's talking some smack, getting in under his skin, talking, talking some, uh, throwing some whatever comments at him. And uh, yeah, maybe Sam Parsons will choke. You never know. <laughs> Everett Schmolder's got to give it to him. He definitely has the confidence, the, the, uh, the, the big runner energy. I guess you could say. Um, yeah. So that's that. On to the next one. We had. The uh, a tweet posted by Kyle Merber of the turf war on the Harvard temp- Tempo Loop, uh, and here I am on the editing room floor, and I realized I did not even quote the tweet. Kyle Merber tweeted the other day, not to start a turf war, but the Harvard Tempo Loop was clearly measured by the same guy who did Swarthmore's track. He's referencing the fact that everybody says Swarthmore's track is short, and. Uh, Basically, he's trying to say that the 1,200-meter loop at Harvard is short. There you have it, folks. It, for those of you on Strava who look at the Harvard Tempo loop or, or see people running on the Harvard Tempo, there, there's Lou Serafini. Um, I mean, the Boston Athletic Association, they, they all run there. A uh, ton of people do the 1,200-meter the Tempo loop at, at Harvard. That's, yeah, I mean, it's people run some incredible tempos around that loop, and uh yeah, I thought the tweet was funny basically because people r- will record their runs on that loop with GPS. And, <laughs> I mean, you can't, like, obviously GPS could be wrong, but if it's not wrong, then that's just, it is what it is. He he, he was saying that the uh, the Temple Loop was short, it's similar to the, the Swarthmore track, because everybody goes to the Swarthmore track, uh, to that to that meet to to run fast to get like Olympic qualifying times and yeah that w- if if you know if you know the references then you get it you think it's funny if you don't then uh you know what I'm sorry I'm not gonna explain the whole thing to you we're gonna move on to the next one um you know what this is the next next bit of beef here is my attempt at starting beef the peak too early f- podcast they followed me on on Instagram they followed the runner shuffle podcast and I have to say it was great it was an honor I love that podcast they are uh, they are the self-proclaimed best running podcast in the world I'd have to maybe say they're probably top 10 if if you listen to that podcast you know that they're big Miller Lite guys and here I am to say that you know what dude Miller Lite is that's 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 a college freshman drink if you're drinking Miller Lite and you're swearing by it you're you're basically committing yourself to college to being a college freshman for the rest of your life until you stop drinking Miller Lite. So, for example, last night I was drinking the uh Twin Forks uh something IPA and it's a 7.2% alcohol beer and it's just uh yeah. It, it, it if if you can only drink Miller Lite then you probably don't have any hair on your chest. If there was a, if there was a a podcast like dual meat beer mile where the peak two early podcasters were uh you know going up against the runner shuffled podcasters me and then whoever else i can recruit 
I, I just go on, on record to say that I could probably beat them while drinking a beer that's more than 7% while they're drinking Miller Lite. Easily. There, easily. There's no question. If runners, if, if the Peak Too Early podcast is drinking Miller Lite during this beer mile, I can easily beat them while drinking a 7% alcohol beer or more. Easily. So I'm making that statement here, and I want them to know that I could definitely beat them in a beer mile, even with a more alcohol beer. So yeah, that concludes the Beef of the Week segment. So let's move on to some track and field news from this week. Uh, We had the American Track League this past weekend, this past Sunday, and honestly, I did not pay a single bit of attention to the entire meet. Why? Because it was Super Bowl Sunday. I was doing other things. I was, you know, eating junk food. I was drinking beer. Not Miller Lite. And, uh, yeah, it was kind of terrible placement by the American Track League. And, honestly, I do have to say, I think they probably strategized this. They, they, they knew what they were doing here. And I think that this was their thought process. So I think the reason why they wanted to do it Super Bowl Sunday was a, they probably were able to get it on ESPN for cheap. I I can't imagine that, uh, there was like, they were asking for a ton of money for it to be on ESPN on Super Bowl Sunday because they knew that ratings weren't going to be what they could be. Um, and second, there was probably people like having Super Bowl Sunday, like gatherings, whatever. And, uh, just, waiting for the game to start so they would put on ESPN and track was just there. So yeah, that I'm, I'm assuming that's probably what American Track League thought. And uh yeah, they probably accomplished that. It probably worked out in their favor with that, but uh as far as like track fans uh that are usually going to tune in, they probably didn't tune in as much as they normally would because I certainly did not. I, I kind of did like a little bit of a review after the Super Bowl to see what happened at this meet. And uh, yeah, the one main thing that I saw was uh, Hobbs Kessler broke four. He or he he broke the high school national record. He ran 357.6 something. Let's see. 357.66. Um, being paced by Nick Willis, his father, basically. Um, apparently, they're his, they're training partners, and uh, in in Michigan, Nick Willis, Hey Big Bird, Mason Furlick, and uh, yeah, Hobbs Kessler, they are uh, all training partners, and yeah, really cool to see uh, Hobbs Kessler running such a fast time, and then uh, Nick Willis leading the way and uh, setting more sub four miles. Nick Willis has been breaking four minutes in the mile for 19 years and Hobbs Kessler is 17. You do the math. Nick Willis has been breaking four since before that kid was born. He didn't even know what running was for the first probably five years, six years of his life as running as a sport, maybe more. And Nick Willis was already deep into his elite running career. So pretty, pretty interesting fact there. Pretty cool stuff. But, uh, yeah, as far as this this uh, story within the American Track League this past weekend, that was kind of it. Um, I mean, it, it it was it. I know there was like Nikki Hiltz didn't win her race, and she was favored to win. But as far as like the rest of the meet goes, I'm I'm just not too sure. Um, I know coming up this weekend, people are looking forward to the long jump. 
I, I totally forget his name. Hold on. Uh, Marquise Dendy was throwing some fire, uh, throwing some shade at uh, the rest of the long jumpers in the world, basically saying that they have to come through. If, if they don't, then, like, yeah, they're basically, uh, I don't know, they're wimps. And I think it's pretty funny. I don't know, wait, wait. So it was Marcus Dendy and Fabian Adoki. Let's see. He posted something on his Instagram story. Let's see if he's talking about it. No, he's just he's just dancing or like smiling. So yeah, it looks like they're just talking shit to each other and saying that uh, Marcus Dendy's gonna foul and he's calling out everybody. He he fouls a lot and uh, yeah, I don't know. Either way, it sounds like Marcus Dendy just wants people to show up to this meet um, because. Yeah, why not? Why wouldn't you show up to this meet? You've been waiting for an opportunity to compete all year. Here it is, and if you don't go, basically what what Marcus Dendy is saying is you're just you're just scared. So cool to see uh, some controversy there. So it definitely should be a good weekend of long jump. I I kind of have a reason to care about long jump now. I didn't think I would. Just to look back at some other track and field running this past weekend we had the prickly pear invite the bowerman track club prickly pear invite big stuff going on there and uh i have to say it it was kind of exciting it was it was a really cool meet and uh i think i'll, I'll just start off by saying the best race of the night was the women's 3000 meter run uh we had gabriella dubois stafford taking the big dub in a fast time of 838 point something Point 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 five one. So huge run by her, and uh, yeah, I mean the reason why it was such a good race was because it was her and and Colleen Quigley, Elise Cranny, and Carissa Schweizer who were all basically battling for the win for the last like three laps, three or four laps. They were just kind of right in a really small nick group, and uh, you can tell they were running as fast as possible the whole time. So really cool that uh yeah i mean if if you saw second third and fourth place were all within one tenth of one tenth of a second of each other it was it was colin quigley 840.23 chris schweizer 840.25 and elise cranny 840.33 definitely a really competitive race for second and uh yeah and gabriel dubois stafford really just blowing the doors off him, uh, kind of unexpected by everybody except for her Bowerman Track Club teammates who all can attest to her having been blowing their doors off at practice for a few weeks now. So uh, really cool to see that. We had Mark Scott taking the win in the men's 3K in a uh UK number four all-time time of 736.08. So that's a huge run. And for this type of race to be happening at this point in the season um, is, is pretty incredible. And I have to say that, you know, it definitely seems like Bowerman was probably gearing up for this race a little bit more than everybody else was. Um, you know, they probably were the best team at this meet, but at the same time, 
I think they used this as an opportunity to make Bowerman Track Club just look really good and intimidate the rest of the competition in the United States because now every team is looking at Bowerman and is like, damn, they know how to throw down. Um, but they were probably intending for this to happen for, for weeks, if not months now. So um, ho- hopefully they didn't – hey, hopefully they didn't drink Miller Lite and peak too early – for this race because uh, then they would probably ruin the rest of their season and just run okay for the rest of the year. So, I, I mean, that's uh, professional runners don't peak too early. And then we had in the, the women's 800, we had Sinclair Johnson taking the, the convincing win over a stacked field. I mean, basically everybody from New Balance who, like the, the most competitive women from New Balance at this meet were all in the 800. Uh, Ellie Purrier, Corey McGee, um, Danny Jones, that whole group, and uh, wasn't it Danny Jones who beat Ellie Purrier for the mile win that one year? I think it was. Let me just fact check myself here. Oh no, it was Ellie Purrier who outleaned Danny Jones in the mile, and uh, yeah, that race was that race was crazy for anybody who remembers that race. But yeah, now they both run for New Balance and. Uh, yeah, throwing down some incredible times there. So exciting stuff in the 800. But yeah, definitely star of the show there was Sinclair Johnson. Uh, it seems like since this race, everybody's been saying that she's the next big thing in women's mile racing. Uh, she was definitely pretty unknown up until the point where she won the NCAA championship in the 1500 over what's her face what's her face why can't i think of her name who ran for oregon oh oh just jessica hull is that her name yeah jessica hull um yes and kind johnson uh, or jessica hull was the favorite to win the ncaa championship in the 1500 that one year uh i guess it was 2019 but then uh sinclair johnson just worked her and and totally stole the show from her and uh yeah up until that point nobody really knew sinclair johnson and uh ever since then sinclair has just been growing and growing and uh yeah now it's coming to the point where she's making it look easy to run 201 and beat out women like danny jones and and uh ellie purrier and Corey mcgee and everybody's saying that, watch out, Sinclair Johnson is going to be the next big name in women's mile running. So we'll see how that turns out. Um, yeah, and then the men's 800, I'll be honest, I totally didn't pay attention too much to the men's 800. It was like three people in this race. And uh, yeah, let's just take a quick look. We had Josh Thompson. I think he won. Yeah, Josh Thompson took the win. With Amos Bartles Meyer, Meyer basically right next to him. They both ran like 147 or 148. Not 100% sure on the times there. Again, I didn't pay too close attention. But yeah, so <clears throat> the men's 800 was, was it was all right. There, there was not really too much going on there. But to look forward, we have the New Balance Indoor Grand Prix this weekend. And uh, it's going to be a really exciting race or meet, rather. It's going to be at one of my favorite tracks, the Ocean Breeze Complex in Staten Island uh, in New York. Bring it, bringing it to the hometown, baby. Really excited to see how, how, uh, how that meet turns out. All week, I'm going to be trying to, uh, you know, keep everybody updated on what's who, who's entered into that meet, what my predictions are for who will uh, 
come out victorious at the New Balance Grand Prix and what events they're going to be coming out victorious in. And uh, yeah, should be fun. I mean, let's take a quick look at the at the. Uh, so the men's two mile. We have Eric Jenkins, Joe Klecker, Justin Knight, Morgan McDonald, Eric Holt, jo- Jordy Beamish or George Beamish. Um, yeah, huge names there. That's going to be a, a, an incredible race. That's, that's gonna, that race alone is 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 a reason to tune in. Um, let's see, women's fifteen. Oh yeah, so last last podcast I totally butchered this name, but it's Shifra Clara Butner, Claire or Claire. I know her first name is Shifra, definitely Shifra. Um, Alexa, shout out to Alex Chico for correcting me. Uh, Alexa Framson Framson uh, in in the fifteen. Dana Giordano, Nikki Hiltz, um, Heather McLean. Corey McGee, Millie Paladino, Colleen Quigley, Maria Kelly, Anna Giroux. Yeah, that race also stacked. Men's 1K. Bryce Hopple in the men's 1K coming off a big win at the American Track League in the 800. He ran 144, I think. Uh, Not too sure. We have Drew Piazza. That is the guy who was one of the pacers for the most – incredible sporting moment I've ever witnessed in my life. He was a pacer for Edward Chesrek to break 350 in the mile. That that was just, that was insane. That was insane. That was actually uh, three years ago, the, like to this day almost. Uh, yeah, that was, that was incredible. That was, that was literally the, the most amazing thing I've ever, ever witnessed in my life. And Drew Piazza was, uh, yeah, he was one of the pacers for that. So coming up in the men's 1000 this Saturday, Let's see, the women's two-mile, big expectations here. Emma Coburn, big name. Danny Jones, Katrina Coogan, uh, Emily Lopari, shout-out Long Island. Ellie Purrier, men's, men's 1,500. Amos Meyer, Craig Angles, Johnny Gregoric, Drew Hunter, Nick Willis. All right, yeah, got some... This meet This meet is, is going to be... And, and I'm leaving out a bunch of events here i mean we have the men's the women's 300 men's 60 the you know it's a full track meet this isn't like the the bowerman track club prickly parent invite this is the full-on new balance indoor grand prix and everybody's showing up so really excited to see some really awesome uh competition going on this weekend at ocean breeze and i'm honestly pretty upset that they're not allowing spectators because even if this was a last minute decision i would probably buy tickets and go that's going to be an exciting weekend of racing. There's also the American Track League. Keep a, keep a lookout for the long jump this weekend. And, yeah, I think that's everything I have for this this uh, this week's podcast. Stay tuned for hopefully Monday's podcast. And then I guess everything after that will be Monday podcast. So got some things in the works here. Got some uh, guests lined up. Have been, have been talking, reaching out to people, reaching out to some big names and uh, – seeing if anybody wants to to tune in and be a guest on the podcast and so far it's it's uh it's seeming like we have a good lineup i'm not gonna be i really can't spoil anything yet but um we got some things in the works working on the instagram page trying to turn it to 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 not let it turn into a, a a 14 year old's running content type of instagram page but i'm also trying to get some followers for this podcast here so doing my best Bear with me for all the fans who are we're we're just dying for two podcasts a week. I'm so sorry, but it's gonna have to it's gonna be once a week. So yeah. 
thanks thanks for tuning in once again and uh we will see you see you next time